Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. <laughs> My name's Chris Lambert. <laughs> My name is Travis Bean. I just looked up in the camera. I uh, I realized I didn't. I mean, not that I, you know, it's like I have a, a makeup studio and I get super ready for these videos. But I realized I did nothing today. And <laughs> I'm basically wearing my like my house clothing, which is a giant white T-shirt with a, a V-neck. And I have not fixed my hair. I didn't shave. Things are not going well so far. So what you're saying is you are not camera ready. I'm definitely not camera ready. I am Kanye podcast ready. You kind of look like you were swallowed by a, by a whale and spit up on shore three days later. I'm not sure how that's relevant to what we're talking about today, but yeah, that's, it is what it feels like. Oh, the story of Jonah. No, I know you know that. <laughs> I know you're playing coy. I know the song of Jonah, which I absolutely love. Yeah. See, this is one of those interesting things where context can be very helpful you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly because when this when we first heard this song at uh the original listening parties or even when it was first on a track list and we see jonah i think a, a lot of us i know you and i i even did uh the conversation with um cole or maybe it was one of the the conversations you and i had with cole where we talked about like the biblical implications of this song right, jonah yeah. And how it would tie into the book of Jonah and Jonah's story of rejecting initially being a prophet when God called upon him, uh, only to end up swallowed by a whale. <laughs> yeah. You know, as one does. And, uh, you know, how this could possibly tie into the album, only to find out that, no, it was a song by Vori called Jonah for Vori's friend uh, who was killed in 2020 due to gun violence and uh it just actually has nothing to do seemingly with the bible at all so <laughs> yeah yeah that was uh that was our first episode when we were going through the songs it was like one of the only songs i actually <sighs> knew like something about because i you know in those first few days when the album came out and i'm like trying to digest 27 tracks and like understand this thing I wasn't doing much reading about the album or reading the lyrics, but somehow this yep. was like the one song I was like, I was like, oh, it's actually about something very specific and it was someone else's song. Maybe it was because I was so enamored by Vori. <laughs> I was like learning <laughs> as much as I can about, could about him. Um, and it, it totally makes sense that this is his song because his songs are very, they, they create a very interesting energy where it's someone, um, 
much like we've talked about in this record, which has a lot of like ambient tones and ambient music typically conveys like contemplation and meditation. Like his songs are uh, uh, basically about that. They have that atmosphere a lot. Somebody reflecting um, a lot of conflicting emotions, like working through some tough stuff, it, it bringing that out in a very an emotional format. And you could totally tell how it extends into this song. And, and Kanye, you know, makes little tweaks. It does this Kanye thing and makes a song like this, which it just sounds, it sounds magical. Like, I love the sound of this song so much. It's very... Uh, infectious isn't quite the right word. Charming isn't quite the right word. I... I find the song like piercing just in the production, like Vori's flow in the chorus, the seriousness of what's being talked about. There's just a, an emotional ramp up that happens on this song uh, that it's really striking to me, especially, you know, going from Don to chant to jail to God breathe off the grid hurricane, praise God. Like those all have emotion to them and like unique emotions to them. But I feel like, this is a degree of seriousness and consequence uh, that the album hasn't necessarily had at this point. Yeah, I completely agree. And we can get into that more when we talk about the soundscape, but it, it definitely is a change up from the production we've heard so far. Like th this is both a quieter sound yet. It's like, it seems heavier than any song before it. It's uh, yeah. like it can feel lighter and airier in some ways, but it also feels like way more intense and like you said, piercing. Yeah. And so what it was August of 2020 that Jonah Ware, uh, who was just 19 at the time, uh, was shot and killed in Louisville, Kentucky. And that was one of the or that was the uh, the kickoff for this song is Vori, who had become close with Jonah just wrote the song in Jonah's honor. And I know that Jonah's father has talked a bit about how meaningful it was that Vori continued to honor his son in this way, um, which I remember seeing something like his father had commented or maybe somebody pretending to be Jonah's father commented on um, a YouTube video about it. And it's just like, yeah, that's it's very nice for someone to do, like to have that kind of honoring when you think you know, who might remember my son and that he's going to be like forever reflected upon on this album is really nice. Yeah. And you can really see how th there's so many instances in the beginning part of this album, which have so many features of these young black artists reflecting emotions like this and talking about loss and this desire to react to loss in a violent way or j just not knowing how to handle loss and oppression and and you could see how jonah ware's story would then come in and influence for here i mean jonah ware he's just a kid when he was killed but the on the the louisville news station um there's a link to it in the genius page and within that news story about jonah ware's death there's a link to an article four years earlier where jonah ware was at a peace walk you know and advocating for um, you know, going against gun violence and asking people to, you know, put down your guns, go to school, pray to God. And he was also an aspiring rapper. Like there are so many elements of Jonah Ware's life that you could see like played into a lot of the themes running around at the beginning here of Donda. 
I could almost imagine Kanye hearing the song and asking Vori about it and Vori telling Kanye more about Jonah and who Jonah was and these details about Jonah and Kanye being like, yeah, that's exactly in right. line with this album. You just think ahead to Jesus Lord and some of the details that Kanye talks about there regarding gun violence and uh, like what happens in the streets. And yeah, it just feels like one of the major motifs and themes on this album uh, just this idea of trying to move past these actions and concepts and not have the the demons the devils this pull towards violence be the thing that dominates you or even if it is something that you have been a part of how do you move on from it to uh, like a a more productive or at least like a more productive for you and your family and loved ones way of going about things. Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of the song too, is like, yes, there's the loss and both Vori and Lil Durk are talking about loss and their reaction to it. And then Connie's verse seems to be, as we've seen several times so far in this album, a reaction to both of those verses and how they're dealing with it and how someone like Connie, who's an older figure who has seen a lot of this, stuff go on like how do you react to it like how do you guide these people toward a better future it's uh it, it gives a heaviness and a it gives the song a lot of meaning in a way that it isn't just a song about loss you know it's something bigger than that and there are lessons to learn and everything yeah definitely like larger implications from Kanye's verse and as you're saying that juxtaposition of having two up-and-coming artists that have dealt with this kind of violence in their life uh reflecting on it getting to the emotional impact of it and then kanye giving a perspective on it though i'll be interested in talking about kanye's verse because there is still feels like some aggression to it oh yeah well definitely in the way he delivers the verse (laughs) yeah right and how that fits into everything like is is this stern dad yay kind of chastising (laughs) or is this still a little bit of like the ego driven uh i guess we could kind of view things as like night yay or dawn yay right as a dichotomy on this album as we talked about on hurricane as we talked about praise god there's this idea of your life being in nights versus your life being in daylights right and that it seems like the first half of this album uh tends to be more nighttime and the uh, second portion or latter half ends up being more of the the daytime so like is it still kind of in that mindset is this a middle ground um yeah curious to get into some of the interpretations of that yeah and he definitely continues to like night yay stuff moving forward the next couple songs so yeah that that will be interesting to talk about as we go through the verse i'm sure it'll reveal itself a little more yeah, because uh, with OK OK, it's the the first song that takes some like Drake shots, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we have no samples. Well, Genius tries to tell us there's a "Say You Will" sample, but <laughs> that doesn't seem right. We'll talk about that when uh when it comes up in the verse. Okay, all right. Um, lyrics or 
production intro? Um, I think I I love. I mean, I feel like you have to talk about the production on this song. Like it's it's yeah. just so different than anything we've heard in the album so far. I mean, first of all, I feel like you got to talk about Vori's original song, which, I mean, it mostly sounds the same, uh, same lyrics and everything, but there are these little differences that you can tell they made for Donda. Like the first thing I notice is how clean and spacious the new song feels compared to the original song because Vori's vocals are much cleaner and they're surrounded by a lot less echo and reverberation. Uh, the version on Donda really allows his voice to soar and gain, gain clarity. And it makes the words hit a lot harder. To me, it becomes a much more emotional experience. Um, and on top of that, Connie gets rid of the drums from the original song, which really allows those ambient noises we're hearing to take over completely. Like it's one of the few Connie songs I can think of, especially on an album that has a lot of ambient tones to just be ambient music. It's just a lot of like weird patterns and, and fluctuation in these notes we're hearing at the beginning. Um, and as a much more ambient experience, Jonah stands out from everything else because of that. There aren't any 808 drums or keyboards or choirs, you know, encroaching on the mix. Instead of it's just these floating airy sounds that, I, I don't know, I, I was trying to find a way, I, I feel like you were also struggling to find the right word to describe it. Like piercing is good <laughs> because it's both this mix of like contemplation, meditation, like that can make it feel relaxing. And then like this heaviness that's there. And that to me is the most inter interesting part is that the lightness and heavenliness in Jonah is there because there aren't like those harsh noises clouding up the soundscape. Like we hear in jail or God breathe or something, you know, jail's got the drums uh, and the heavy bass. God breathe has like those primal yelps. The, so those sounds aren't there, which makes it, you know, sound more heavenly and light. But there is this really, it's very gloomy at the same time. Like the sounds we're yeah. hearing are set in a minor key. So the, the mix of relaxing and heavy, that's pretty common in ambient music. Like it reminds me of like Oval or Gas or Tim Hecker, you know, these artists who are a little more adventurous in their soundscapes and don't necessarily just seep in the single sound that stretches out over the course. There's a lot of variation and fluctuation that keeps it interesting, yet there's an overwhelming mood that can feel like very lumbering and heavy. Uh, so like right out of the gate, we're getting that. And for his voice at the same time, which again, there's no echo or anything. It's just like, it's very out front and not clouded up at all. So it has like, it just creates this very strange tone we're not used to yet on the album. Mm -mm. it reminds me in some ways of like 
the outro on God breathed with praise God kind of like haunting this. Right. Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> I mean, the God breathed outro is one, the, a good one to note because um, it, there's so many different sounds going on at once that it creates tension, you know, like there's a sense of conflict to whereas like the sounds on the song, like all feel of one at all times. Yeah, it does feel very holistic, right? Which allows, I think, the the voices to really stand out in a way. Right. I, I, there are a few moments on this album where I, we were talking with Jordan about it, where Jordan was saying that the music or the production wasn't necessarily doing enough for him at times. Right. And I get that, but I also think that creates space to have the artists really deliver the musicality through their vocal performance which is something that vori does such a great job he's like the dominant instrument on the song yeah it, it, it that's why i really love his production too i was i mean listening to vori's self-titled album and that's something really great he does where his voice is in line with those ambient noises like the way his voice goes up and down like the auto tune he uses it's uh He's got a very unique sound to his voice that really matches the music. I'm excited for his for his album. Yeah. It's going to be good. Executive produced by Kanye. Ooh, mama. Yeah. Well, so should we start with the chorus? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who's here when I need a shoulder to lean on? Which, not even who's here, but like who's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of you get the idea that he's looking around and just being like, who's yeah. here? Like I, I'm I like that. feeling something and I can't find someone for support. Uh, I hope you're here when I need the demons to be gone, which this is something that we've talked about over mm -hmm. and over again, this <laughs> idea of demons and devils. Uh, it first pops up on God breathed uh, where Vori is the one that first kind of calls out this dichotomy between devils and angels uh, and then Hurricane also makes mention of demons. And then Praise God also makes mention. So you're getting really uh, this continued motif of angels and demons and the idea that in this earlier part of the album, there's tension between which force is winning out. And in a song like this, it feels like the demons are really starting to win out. And as you go through the song, you understand why, because there's just so much... Uh, sadness in the aftermath of the loss that Vori and Dirk are talking about. And they're still finding positivity in it. Like they're not hopeless, right? In what they're saying, despite the chorus being very emotional, there's still something uh, persevering and uh, what is the re I'm blanking on the word uh, when somebody <laughs> is able to not reinforced, but uh they're just able to carry on in the aftermath of these losses rather than being broken down by them. Resilience. Sure. They're resilient in the face of what they've dealt with, uh, which is really inspiring, but still you have that chorus kind of coming back through and adding that sense of like, I'm still looking for someone and something, which to me creates that space for God, for faith, for you know the light of god to kind of shine and carry you through this is a similar subject matter to cutting montage as well uh which that song having kanye give that long uh 
that long dramatization of violence in the streets that leaves the people around it, like the the mother and the sister, very sad, which is something that we see on Jesus Lord as well. But you have Kanye and Cuddy when they're talking about these demons and these things that are haunting them, saying, Lord, shine your light on me, save me, please. And even though Vori's not saying that same thing explicitly, you can almost feel the the need for that, the cry for that coming in through this chorus. Yeah. In, in addition to everything you've said, the next line being, and it's not fair that I had to fight them all on my own. There's yeah. that sense throughout the album as well, like thinking about all the talks of demons being on your shoulder and how Kanye has been balancing godly energy with devilish energy. Like thinking about hurricane, God made it rain, devil made it hail. And then extending that into your personal life, like made the best tracks, but still went off the rail. Like how that spiritual conflict like pours into your daily life and like you're just trying to figure out how to do things here on earth while also processing processing loss and this kind of this heaviness that you kind of can't control um and thinking about god breathe too like god kind of wanting god to breathe on a song like there's this overwhelming need for god to be there at all times which can create this sense of helplessness in your spirituality i think where it, it, it reveals how difficult it is to stay committed to God and to remember that he's there to like guide you every step of the way and that there's a reason for everything. How, how do you do that when people in your life are dying? When, you know, when your people in your community are being oppressed, like it's really hard to carry forward and you can feel helpless. And, and I feel like there's a sense of that here in the chorus. Yeah. It's, fight them all on my own and you get a, a recursion a loop because ending with fight them all on my own creates that space as you're saying for like the presence of god but also for someone to support you which then loops right back into like right. who's here when i need a shoulder to lean on so the first time you get it you don't necessarily have the context and then with that third line you get the context and then it loops back around so you just kind of feel this uh spiral or cycle of emotion that Vori is kind of um, ruminating on. Mm. That's a good point. Like the idea that it feels cyclical, like he does repeat it several more times throughout the song and yeah. the production like is in step of his voice the whole time where when he says, I'm going to fight him all on my own, you hear it go and it kind of resets and goes right back. Like it's actually keeping in step with him and the music cycling itself. Hmm. It's a nice touch. Yeah. So then we get to the first verse. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hard to keep my focus on what matters. Man, I'm hit my line like some just got hit up on your block. You can rest and show it's not us. Sweeping out the wave, catching waves. They say, we ain't seen you on the block because I've been out the way. Chasing millions in my sleep, I found a better way. Someone on the island, let me kick it, this my getaway I pour up a drink for all my who ain't see the day Trying to finish this, so I started with 
Way too many falling soldiers, no, I came for God. Hope they got headphones up in heaven, you can vibe out and just hit it. It's just certain you can't forget. And we get Vori, who is now more in like a verse voice, right? Versus right. chorus voice saying, hard to keep my focus on what matters. Yeah, right. Mm. Just, I mean, in the context of feeling emotionally overwhelmed. Um, and we get Mandem hit my line like uh, some guys just got hit up on your block, which Mandem, as Genius Notes, is a uh, slang for just like group of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Caribbean. So it's it's getting a group text saying someone just got hit up on your block and him saying you can rest assured it's not us uh, because Vori is essentially saying he's away from the streets at this point. Like we've been out the wave catching waves. So we're just making music. We're doing our thing. And that's reinforced with the next line saying they they say we ain't seen you on the block. Yeah, because I've been out the way. So Vori grew up around all of this stuff, knows all of this stuff very well, but has taken steps in his life to get away from it. Focusing on music and chasing millions in my sleep, I found a better way. So he's not trying to do all of the street stuff, but trying to get out and uh, get above and away from that. Yeah, I really love his flow on this. It's one of the things I I love about this song is because while I do love the soundscape and the production, it is the same thing over and over for the entire song, which it sounds so beautiful mm-hmm. that I don't care. Um, but everybody's flows are completely different. And I love what Forty's doing. Like he doesn't do the traditional thing where your line lasts a certain amount of measures and you like, you end like here. And like, there's a, there's a, like each of your lines is spaced out like a certain amount. It has like, you know, a certain amount of syllables and ends up the same spot. He'll do something like, cause we've been out catching waves. They say, we ain't seen you on the block. You know, it's this really cool effect he creates that, I don't know, it gives the song like, it gives this verse like a kind of a haunting tone. It, it It's just a very unique thing that it, it keeps you on your toes as a listener. I, I appreciate yeah, where you're not settling quite into that same rhythm, but it's kind of like bouncing about, keeping you a little like, oh, what's he going to do next? Yeah, it, it it makes the verse feel more contemplative. Like it, it makes it feel like he's running through thoughts in the moment, yet it's also musical. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and maybe that's something that adds to like the sense of spokenness rather than necessarily like rapping. Right it feels more as you're saying like reflective and more of thoughts rather than necessarily the same as just like straight up this is my flow this is my performance hmm. yeah it i mean it it does make me think of like say you will i as genius says that this song sample say you will which it does not i don't i don't think it does anyway i assume they say that because there's this heart monitor sound that comes in a Vori's verse um and instead of sampling Say You Will, I would say it's just like inspired by something like Say You Will, even though those songs are pretty different. Um, like they're both focused on the heaviness of the moment and just like these these people who are who are thinking about a situation. Um, they're confronting loss in their lives, except on Jonah, it's way heavier. Like it's the actual loss of life. Um, yeah. So it makes those beeps to me like, I, I guess I wouldn't even compare it to Say You Will that much because those beeps 
are much heavier in that sense. Like instead of offsetting the production, which is something we've seen in the album over and over, it's something in line with the ambient music. You know, it, it's not like God breathed where you have like the synth and Connie rapping with the synth and a heavenly choir and you know, the screams, those are all really different <laughs> contrasting energies that create disarray. But this, like we're saying, like it feels of one, like it's one clean um, noise throughout the, throughout the entire song and Vori's flow keeps in step with it. Like it, it's again, strange. Like it's, it's both calming yet because of the subject matter, it's super heavy and you can really, you're really in the moment with them as they're going through these thoughts because of that. It'd be something too. It just makes me think about the idea that you think about it referring to the loss of life, but also an awareness of your own life mm. and how fragile that can be, totally. how you could be the next one that's being uh, like wrapped about. And it's just that sense of your life, like kind of hanging in the balance in some ways. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, again, this album, that is such a undercurrent of this album. Just the bleakness of life and how dispiriting it is to watch your friends ripped apart by violence in this country. It's, and yeah, you're right. Like how that extends to yourself and the preciousness of life. And I mean, we already know that Kanye has several times mentioned like the breath of life coming back to life and this idea of not just physical death, but spiritual, emotional, cultural death. Yeah and how he's working through that himself uh the death of his family as he had known it right and his life as he had known it uh, how is he going to move forward from that so it's it's a very heavy subtext of this album and multifaceted in that way it paid off on the fact that the penultimate song or the ultimate song uh is mm. come to life wow so man mm. that's crazy because like i had never really thought about jonah this deeply until we sat down to talk about it and you don't realize how it's hitting hard when i listen to the album i just didn't never realize why it was hitting so hard <laughs> like this the album's just so fully realized and touches on a lot of the themes and ideas in the song so much that like yeah the song just hits harder every time you hear it yeah, that's one of the the things about intercontextuality, right? Like if this song were on an album that wasn't necessarily having that intercontextuality, it could still be emotional as like the main emotional song on an album that's otherwise full of like radio hits or like party songs. Um like just thinking about like <laughs> Blink 182 and Adam song, right? <laughs> like if you go back and you listen to that Blink 182 album, the songs aren't all about there's not like an overall theme of like loss and death or even uh what's the group the kids are all right uh the offspring oh that's a that's another like really serious song and an album that's not like full of those songs so the songs do stand out they can be meaningful on their own and emotional on their own but when it's part of an album that is really building up that concept and immersing you in that headspace and in that soundscape that supports this idea of life and death. And it's just coming up and again in all of these songs, you really can get that 
something intrinsic about this song that feels a little like heavier and meaningful in the context of everything that follows thinking about like 24 and moon and jesus lord and yeah yeah that's why Kanye's the goat because like he has these like broad concepts he's exploring it's not exactly like meticulous you know storytelling but like these bigger concepts and like structuring his albums correctly so that you know this song at this part of the album it means something like, it means something to the later songs in the album and what it's surrounded by here at the beginning it's awesome yep yep it is uh, so we get Vori saying, somewhere on an island, uh, let me kick it. This might get away. <laughs> yeah. So things are going well. And he's like very far from the block now, right? Right. Um, I pour up a drink for all my guys who ain't seen the day. So just kind of honoring uh, the people around him who have uh, gone. And he says, trying to finish this with who I started with. As in, I'm trying to make it through with all the people in my life that were there from the beginning. And as we're seeing, that's like difficult. Like people have been falling around. He's already lost people, but he's still trying to like do as much as he can to make that happen. And this seems to be a reference to a Fetty Wap song uh, that has you know the same lyrics. Uh, the song again. and in the middle of that song uh, in the first verse you get fetty saying uh baby can you understand i'm a young guy living coming from the trap all a guy know is get it i ain't chasing no uh no cats girl i'm trying to figure out how to <laughs> I, i'm talking about the digits big bank rolls in my pockets all 50s so he's focused on like money rather than like chasing women uh turned a little check and then i showed you i could triple it baby it's zuvier i only want you i don't give a fuck who cares tats on my face uh she don't care who stares looking too good um i'm trying to finish this who i started with I'm trying to spend it all who I got it with, A. Eh? And then she, my trap queen, let her hit the bando. So essentially in the uh, Fetty song, it's about him being faithful to one girl and only wanting one girl. But it's in this context of like being a young guy from the trap and just trying to do his best to make money and elevate his life and level up his life. And he's not trying to get with all these other women, but trying to just, like keep with this girl. Uh, she's his trap queen. And I wonder if Vori's kind of channeling just a little bit of the same understanding, uh, this idea of like, yeah, I'm coming from the trap. I'm focused on like making something of myself and I'm not necessarily trying to finish who I started with romantically but just with all my friends it's it's taking it to like a similar spirit but applied to a different group right not romantically but just in my life in general yeah it's uh you could read it as a questionable interpolation like because the fetty wops on is romantic but that's not outside the lines of like what kanye usually does (laughs) he's always referencing songs that are full of romance to talk about a non-romantic situation so Vori could definitely be doing that here 
Yeah. Or it could just be, I mean, trying to finish who I started with is a common enough yeah. phrase that it could be something that's on its own. Yes. So you can go the next mile and try to connect it to again. Uh, or you can just say like, yeah, it makes sense. He just yeah. wants to <laughs> like finish this who he started with. Um, way too many fallen soldiers. No, I can't forget. Uh, I can't forget. I can't forget. Yeah. Uh, but just this idea, even though he's trying to finish who he started with or trying to finish with who he started with, there are all these fallen soldiers, which gets back to the chorus, right? Like, who's here when I need a shoulder to lean on? Like, that's even more heartbreaking, right? Because we know that he wants to be with these people who were with him this whole time, but now he's looking around saying, like, there's no one around? Mm. Like, how many people has he lost on the way? Like, And that that transitions to hope they got headphones up in heaven, you can vibe out and just hear this shit. It's just shit you can't forget. Like, that's heavy. That gets to such a heavy place because he's already saying in the chorus that he feels alone. And now he's thinking about, like, all of his friends that are up in heaven, hoping that they can hear this music that's for them. And then saying it's just certain shit you can't forget. Like, there are things that live with you there's people that live with you that you'll never be able to forget which uh, little dirk really carries that uh torch in a lot of ways honoring the people that he's lost and remembering mm. them but also looking ahead it is a nice transition point from the original jonah demo where the second verse starts getting into jonah Ware, uh saying wishing i could go to heaven and i bring jonah back with me so Lord knows if I was there and those bullets would have hit me and not you. When I got the text from uh, someone, my heart dropped like, not you, not you. God, I need answers not from me, need it from you. How many times? And yeah, what a transition, right? So it goes from this like larger, things are like going well in my life, but I'm lonely. Yeah. To there's certain shit you can't forget and going way specific into what happened to Jonah and the pain of losing Jonah, which is something Dirk carries on. It's not about Jonah, but still about his brother and King Vaughn. Yeah, it's something I think you see at all three verses. The, how the narrative flows in each verse in relation to violence. Um, and Vori here, it, it's really interesting. Like he starts with hard to keep my focus on what matters. Like that's how we're introduced to him. And it goes into the scene of like people talking about violence. Like we haven't seen you in a while. And he's like, well, I haven't been there because like, I'm trying to move past this. Like I'm trying to keep my focus and I've moved away from the street and I'm out here. Like I'm successful and I've moved away. Yet even when you're doing all that and you're trying to keep your focus, you can't escape the loss. Like it's still yeah. that heaviness is something that still looms over your life. So while you think about the people in heaven and you make this music for them, like you still have to deal with that pain. Like you still have to think about those people as you're making this music. You still have to contemplate about how helpless everything feels. And if there's anything you could possibly do. Jeez. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very heavy. Yeah. It's making me emotional. I'm feeling it in my heart right now. <laughs> mm. uh, well, so we get the chorus repeating, which hits even harder now yeah. on uh, the second run through. And then we get little Dirk coming in. Come on. 
Kanye and Jay still brothers, they both billionaires. And we ain't see it, I lost my brother when we was millionaires. I wasn't scared to die for him, that was my biggest fear. I got your son and your daughter like you still here. Know how I feel to lose a brother, we got a bond still. 26 years, pops got out to see his son kill. And I don't give a f about him with a crib, I see blood still. I can be the cleanest millionaire, I'm from the mud still. Dad with his chain on, I call it blood diamonds. It's to the point I drop my own low so they could find us. And it's been months and they still had it. Kanye did it for the city, he co-signed. And Dirk says, Kanye and Jay still brothers, they both billionaires. Uh, which, you know, the album starts with Jail, uh, with Kanye and Jay. And I don't know when Dirk would have written this line. If it's just something that he was commenting on, if it's something that he, like... No, we would have heard this yeah. at the first listening yes. party, right? I, I don't think the song's really changed since the first listening party. Yeah, so I wonder if this is something like, did he roll through and like record this knowing that Jay-Z was also there? Or is it something where he's just like shouting out Kanye and Jay and by happenstance, Jay got on the album later? I think, It's kind of curious. I mean, Jonah, or uh, Lil Durk's going to be talking about his brother and this is Kanye's album and who's Kanye's big brother, Jay. Like, I feel like that's all it really was. And Jay has said that as well, right? When he did the Letterman interview, he was talking about like Kanye's like still my little brother. He's always my little brother. You just know how it is. Like sometimes you need some time apart. So, um, and then Dirk seems to be uniting them as well as like they both billionaires. Mm. So it's like, you know, they're not just brothers, but they're also brothers in success. They're like both billionaires. Um, and we ain't seen it. I lost my brother when we was millionaires which geez mm. that's uh that's getting heavy right so uh, you get the lightness of like kanye and jay still brothers and then the heaviness of dirk saying like you know i got to become a millionaire and like i was a millionaire my brother was a millionaire and i lost him like mm. yeah this is where i think dirk's flow really shines like he immediately out of the gate like even when he's talking about Kanye and Jay like he sounds kind of helpless and like lawning and each line is very clean like lasts the same number of measures it's it's a very it's a notable transition I think from what Vore is doing yet like the heaviness is still there it's it's something he has continued to convey which works all the more with the music that's playing and everything yeah very much so and um Dirk saying I lost my brother his brother was uh Dante Banks D thing and Dante was killed June 2021 so we're talking a month before the listening parties happened which just shows how kind of recent the song though if I mean you can take it to like maybe he's referring to King Vaughn um as Dirk and King Vaughn were really close as well um and vaughn ended up getting uh was killed in what november of 2020 which is just wild so it's like in this span of half a year dirk loses one of his closest friends who is a brother to him and then his brother so man (laughs) uh and you have him saying i wasn't scared to die but him that was my biggest fear which whether it's for dante or vaughn 
it's this idea that you know you're not afraid for your own life but you're rooting for these other people you care more about them than yourself like you fear more for them than yourself and then you have to live through that right like his biggest fear came true losing these people that were close to him and uh, he follows that up with this like line i got your son and daughter like you still here oh man um and there's a picture of Dirk uh, spending Christmas that Genius has up uh, with Vaughn's kids and just holding them, looking happy. But it's like, yeah, you're <laughs> man doing what your friend can't do, what your brother can't do. And like the responsibility, the the joy of getting to be there for them, but also the pain of like not being like having to take on that role because they're not there. Ugh. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Man, it, I mean, it makes me think of, uh, it's another part of this album, that this song is touching on. I, I'm thinking of Vori's original song in the second verse where he says, wish I could go up to heaven and bring Jonah back with me. So Lord knows if I was there, those bullets would have hit me and not you. This idea that you either can like change things here. Like there's both like what you can change or like what you could have changed, but also like the spiritual connection you're trying to establish. You, you're trying to channel the energy from somebody. You're trying to find some sort of connection that brings that keeps him here on earth which of course is huge in this album because the album's called donda and kanye basically spends the whole album wondering like what would my mom tell me to do at this crossroads in my life where like i feel like i'm losing my family and you know society has abandoned me i've i've been put into a box like how do i move forward like how do i help the people in my life it that sense is both in Vori and little Dirk's verses where they're they're not just thinking about the loss but like how has that loss affected them here on earth and what do they do to like preserve the memory and spirit of these people that's like again like oh my god this is everything is so heavy in this song <laughs> like how do how do you face that like how do you deal with that and how do you how do you live life like that like that becomes like a daily part of your life when you lose someone so close to you yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point tying it back to Kanye because you think about the fact that Kanye is a child whose parent passed away early. And he's also someone that now is in the position of um, divorcing his wife and having this increased distance from his own kids. So on this album, he's not necessarily mourning the same kind of loss in terms of like street violence, but is mourning the loss of his mom and having that perspective while also being in the perspective of, as you're saying, losing his family and the like in quotes death of the family. So you can start to extrapolate the emotions that Dirk and Vori are going through with what Kanye is going through as well. And just applying it, um, 
in a different arena. It, it's not the actual loss of life, but a loss of something that was very important to you. And how do you live with that? How do you carry on with that? Mm. Uh, how does it affect your day-to-day thoughts? Man, jeez. <laughs> I think my love yeah. for this song like clouded just how sad it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very sad. I was sad. so excited to talk about Joda and then like, oh man, Joda. Oof. Right. Right. Um Know how it feel to lose a brother. We got a bond still. So right. So he already said I lost my brother, and then saying, Know how it feel to lose a brother, we got a bond still. Which that could be like referring to Vaughn, like, you know, we still got a bond because like I feel like the bonds about uh, like Vaughn uh, or it could be him talking to Vaughn's son and daughters and just being like, you know, we got a bond. Like I got a bond with your children and that's going to last forever. Or him or, talking yeah. to everybody on this album, <laughs> talking to Vori because it's Vori's song about losing his friend talking to Kanye, whose album is about losing his mom, but the other people in this album that have talked about loss, it's just him speaking to anybody who understands that. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's heavy. Uh, and then 26 years, Pops got out to see his son killed, which uh, Genius has a few uh, applications for this. Um, apparently, like, uh, little Dirk's dad big dirk as i say was in prison for 25 26 years and when he got out um it was only two years later that dante was killed so that's potentially a reference and then they make um reference to uh fbg duck who uh duck's father got out of jail the same week that duck was killed yeah Mm. so it i feel like it's probably the first one but i obviously both of those make sense right right and then also like king von was 26 years old so it could still be in connection to king von um but uh, as specific as it is just getting at the idea that uh, there are probably multiple people that have had this experience of like family getting out of jail and thinking that all right we finally have this time Mm -hmm. only for that time to be stolen and you can't help but also think about the speech on Jesus Lord from Larry Hoover Jr. Who's just like waiting for his father to get out of jail Damn, you're uh, right. for his father to be able to see his like grandkids and all of that. And just the, the tension there, man, Jesus Lord is like, it's the centerpiece of this album. Like all songs yeah. revolve around Jesus Lord. <laughs> yeah. Everything comes back to Jesus Lord. It's wow. absolutely the, the centerpiece song because it's, it's getting at like, you know, tell me someone, you know, who needs Jesus, which Kanye, like the whole first half of this album is building up to Kanye being like, yeah, like I really need Jesus to come through and help me right now. Uh, while also getting at like all of these things, like all of the lost people, right? Yeah. It's like no <clears throat> child left behind. It's not just Kanye getting good, but like Kanye is trying to help other people get good as well and find like this balance and peace and calm and spirit in their life. Yeah. Damn. Mm. Uh, and I don't give a fuck if I hang with a crip. I see blood still, which uh, the line 
is getting at Travis and I had a big conversation about this earlier because <laughs> I was trying to get like so specific with it. But it's just getting back to that idea of what Vori said with like, it's just certain shit you can't forget, right? Like there's things that like haunt you and stay with you. And Dirk is saying that in his own way, like I see blood still. Like he is in his day to day still having these visions of losing his friends and even maybe like rage mm. at losing his friends, anger at losing his friends, uh, like seeing blood tends to be uh, a, pers- a metaphor for anger, seeing red, right? Uh, like a bull might. Mm-hmm. But I I think the, the metaphor of I don't care if I hang with a crip is because crips and bloods are so at odds that usually if crips are around, you don't see bloods around. So that's essentially right. the, the cleverness of the line is that you know, even if he's hanging with a crip where you're not supposed to see bloods around, like he's still seeing blood because he's just haunted by it. Yeah. And it introduces a new energy to this song because up until now, it's just been, you know, Vori, he's talked about there are people on the streets who are like trying to contact him and asking where he is. He's like, oh, I'm gone. He's still contemplating the loss and thinking about the loss, which extends to little Dirk thinking about loss. But here is where we finally see a reaction in a way of of a, a retaliation and somebody who instead of just like sitting there steeping in the loss thinking that like well like i can get revenge and and that'll fix things or maybe you know it won't fix things but like it's all you know to do it it suddenly it gives the idea of loss more more body it it, it extends it beyond just like sadness to something um, that has an impact and and creates conflict and it creates something much bigger and much much bigger and much messier. Yeah, because from Vori's perspective, it's like he's haunted by it, but he's still carrying on with the things that he is doing. Like he's not stepping away from his goals and pursuits. With Dirk, I mean, the very next line is, I can be the cleanest millionaire. I'm from the mud still. And the implication of that is, yeah, you know, I can put on to the public and to the industry, like, uh, look how clean I am, look how well presented I am, but I'm still from where I'm from. And he goes into this whole thing of, you know, die with this chain, jo- chain on, I call it blood diamonds, which could be vaughn uh vaughn having his chain from being in the game and starting to have that success uh blood diamonds historically we know that kanye had talked about uh blood diamonds on diamond from sierra leone uh but it was getting to the fact that people die to mine the diamonds um but now it's that there's literally blood on the diamonds from uh when vaughn was shot but the action that you're talking about travis comes through in the next line which it's to the point i drop my own low my own location so they could find us and it's been months and they still haven't so dirk is looking for retaliation he keeps putting his location out there so the same group that went after vaughn or went after his brother whoever he's looking for will come find him so he can try and get revenge and that's what he meant by I can be the cleanest millionaire. I'm from the mud still. Like I'm looking to get even. I'm looking for retaliation. I'm angry. 
Yeah. Mm. And that becomes the narrative of the verse, like sadness to anger to like what that anger leads to. Yeah. And we do get the, I wonder if this like Kanye did it for the city. He co-signed mm. is a little like just addendum, right. like a shout out. <laughs> yeah. Rather than something that's like in line with things. Um, but I think what he's saying with Kanye did it for the city. He co-signed like uh, Dirk is from Chicago. Um, he's an artist coming up from Chicago that has been having a ton of success, but it's just like now he has the Kanye co-sign and what that means for like Vori, what it means for everyone else in Chicago, like Vori that's trying to make the come up. Yeah. I mean, it could also, in addition to all that, which is correct, I think a bit of a callback to the blood diamonds line. Like while Kanye song is about, it's about the guilt he feels for wearing these diamonds that came from people who who died to mine these diamonds for him or worked in incredibly terrible conditions and the guilt and heaviness you feel from that like extending that to here like where people are actually dying here and they die wearing these diamonds like i don't know i feel like there's a connection between all that that's there's like some sort of poetic you know linear connection through all of that that uh that fits in you know and and kind of caps off the verse kind of something to the idea that like kanye like wore the diamonds just because it was symbolic for like getting on making it big and what that meant for other people from chicago at the time that were seeing kanye make it and the opportunity that that then presented for them kind of thing yeah um there could be some there could be something to that in there but i think what you said before is like you know the cleanest simplest reading right just like the most like not getting into like deeper yeah areas of it but just like you know kanye did it for the city he co-signed like i got co-signed by kanye fantastic right um okay so then we get vori coming back through uh, the same chorus, right? Repeating just one, like one loop rather than the double loop, right? Um, which I don't know if that's meaningful at all, but let's uh, let's theorize. Uh, what what can we make up here to make that uh, more meaningful? <laughs> it's twenty minutes of us being like, well, when it boils down to the single loop, it's because <laughs> Vori is symbolizing the fact that people have been lost, right? So now you're losing one of the two loops, mm. just showing how mm. isolating it can now be mm. and you know the um yeah never mind <laughs> <laughs> i was going to talk uh, about right, the so latin root of the word cyclical but i i'm not clever enough to go much further than that oh you don't have the latin root keyed up <laughs> smoke a ipad ain't funny like that it get ugly like that can't get no money like that Holy Father, please let me step in. Can't talk to Buddy like that. It get bloody like that. Whole lot of steppers and they step in. It ain't sunny like that. And they coming right back. And when you on tour, I bet you check in. Cause my guy's back to work. It's a Monday like that. And when you text, change the beginning of every word. You will speak to me with only no cap. Me and your big homie go back. And homie don't rap. You don't know me like that. So we get Kanye starting the third, third verse, third verse. <laughs> I said big year earlier, so I get it. 
<laughs> uh, the third verse with smoke a op pack ain't funny like that, which, you know, we're coming, we're just a few songs after off the grid where it wasn't Kanye saying smoking op pack, but he starts off the grid out with saying uh, all this smoke got a sense, all that smoke heaven sent, which you're thinking about the smoke in terms of the reaction from people, right? When Kanye says something, which the next line being, everything I spoke, what I meant, he creates this smoke uh, that people being upset, it's the drama, it's the media storm that follows and how much he likes the smoke, uh, that he thinks the smoke is heaven sent to like challenge him, to help him grow, yada, yada, yada. But in Playboy Cardi's verse later at the end of it, you get, uh, I'm in the Rolls Royce, what you call it. I light an op blunt and let your girl try it. <laughs> uh, I'm off the grid and oh, apparently somebody said it's I'm off the grid and on a cocaine diet. Yeah. Which makes much more sense than I'm off the grid and want to like expletive die. <laughs> like, yeah. Which like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's just like indulgent, but Cardi gets at this idea of I light it up blunt and let your girl try it, which is getting at the idea that you have an a, opponent in the streets or a rival gang that has been killed or that you've killed and you name like the next blunt that you're going to smoke for that opponent. And it's supposed to be this disrespectful thing. There's a whole history on it, which I guess according uh, to what I was reading, like started in Chicago and was something where you were smoking in honor of someone, but then it became like what the rival gangs were doing to dishonor someone. And now in 2021 has just become like a social media <laughs> right. thing that people say uh, for the symbolism of like an account getting deactivated or somebody getting canceled and yada, yada, yada. But where a lot of people are using it as humor these days or as a flex or in the serious way that its history comes from Kanye comes out now on this verse saying smoke a op pack ain't funny like that. Like it's not funny to be like one killing someone and then two like glorifying the killing of someone and celebrating it and indulging in it. Uh, so he's already countering some of the energy that had been earlier on in this album and i think taking something like this very seriously yeah and countering the energy i think of little ducks first <clears throat> which is starting to get into that idea yeah. of taking revenge of creating more violence yeah it's like an immediate commentary on that right like hey you're trying to like smoke your ops pack like no it's not funny like don't go down that route yeah which is why i do think it's a little bit of dad yay coming in little bit of dad like yay, stern right? angry it, dad yay <laughs> it get ugly like that can't get no money like that like if that's how you're going to be living you're not you're <sighs> going to be wasting everything that you've been like working hard for which kind of gets back to what jonah was saying right like he's away from the block like just doing his thing man i feel like this will get into this thought we'll get into how we're trying to read connie's verse because i agree like there's a there's a stern energy to this verse that makes me wonder like what exactly he's doing. But I will have to say like his flow, the way he delivers these lines, I fucking love, I love this verse so much where he says like a uh, smoke up, uh, 
op pack ain't funny like that. Can't get no money like that. Like every time he says like that, which is several of the lines in this verse, he says it the exact same way. And then the other lines, which are much calmer, like let me step in and they step in, bet you check in, like they all rhyme too. Like it creates this weird tension between each line that he goes from like understanding and like, I know what's happening to like, but you can't do this and you can't do that. And like, we need to do this. It's uh, it is kind of daddy in that way. Yeah. That is an interesting thing, right? Because it's can't get no money like that. And then Holy father, please let me step in. Yeah. feel so much. And there is something harsher about ending with the T like at, yes. at, at versus in, in, in just harsh, soft, harsh, soft. Yeah. Pain. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so he says, Holy Father, please let me step in. So let me help. Let me like able to do something. Uh, but then saying can't talk to buddy like that. It get bloody like that. Which is he saying to someone else like, you know, you can't talk to someone like that or else it's going to get like bloody and violent. You can't be disrespectful. So. Yeah. Okay. It is a really um, random line. <laughs> right. Like, is he saying, you know, you can't imagine if he's saying like, you can't talk to God like that. Yeah. Right. Cause God will make it bloody. No, I don't think that would be what he's going for. But the old Testament is rather, I mean, violence. It almost feels like he's talking to Lil Dirk who has just talked yeah. about like, you know, he's addressing someone directly and dropping his low and wants this guy to show up. Yeah. And it's like, it get bloody like that. A whole lot of steppers and they step in, which is just so funny that this is the guy that then posted like Drake's address. Yeah. Like, I know where, I know where you live, Drake. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So a whole lot of steppers and they step in. And as we went over in, it was off the grid, right? Uh, yes. Um, yes. Like specifically like this idea that steppers are people that are shooters Right. and it will shoot and that Kanye was kind of channeling <laughs> he says you're not some a real stepper energy. you can't overstep me yeah right which we took as Kanye saying like you're not gonna step over the line in terms of society like you're not gonna out cause drama right. you're not gonna cause more drama than me you can't be more provocative than me kind of thing because we know that Kanye hasn't necessarily been the fighting violent type right um, but he is somebody that will overstep plenty of lines. Mm. <laughs> so kind of this play on the idea of a stepper of being someone that's like, uh, violent in the streets versus Kanye, who's causing, uh, this violence and putting that in quotes right. in the social discourse. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Um, but here, right, whole lot of steppers and they step in. Like there are violent people and they get violence. Um and they sunny like that. I don't know what that means. Oh, I, I took it as the next line is and they come in right back. So it's it's cyclical, like the sun always comes back around. Oh 
I thought you would love that line, Chris. I thought that would just, I thought that would hit you immediately. I do love that line now, but okay. And they sunny like that and they come in right back. So it's just like, okay. So like the sun, they keep coming around. It does make me think of um, that Gwendolyn Brooks pro- poem though. I mean, I don't think this is an actual connection, but what did she say? The sun slappers. Yeah. The sun uh, slappers. Yeah. The sun slappers. <laughs> yeah. Just again, like uh, which, this idea of like negativity being associated with the sun. Like that's interesting. Yeah, which uh, I mean, but we're talking about like daylight was yes, a positive thing. Yeah. Like you go from like living in the night, like trying to stay in the darkness. Which it seems from the Gwendolyn Brooks poem on Praise God, that's people that want to wallow, kind of in negative emotions or in negative yeah. living spaces, and saying no, it can't always be night. Like there will be. Uh, day there will be dawn like the sun will come out tomorrow (laughs) tomorrow uh but yeah now that i'm thinking uh, about the line okay you're right i just brought it up because i'm in my head right now i'm thinking about it but yeah (laughs) the sunny like that is simply just like a a really corny way of saying like they're always gonna come back yeah right okay (laughs) uh and when you on tour bet you check in because my guy's back to work it's a monday like that so (laughs) What so he goes from saying like these steppers are stepping to when someone goes on tour, I bet you check in, as in like you're going to come to me for advice on tour, I, and uh, I'm gonna hook you up with my crew. What's yeah, I, I guess I kind of wondered, I did find it a little confusing, but the way I was making sense of these lines was i guess if you start getting into like what tour they're on and who you're checking in with like it probably gets a little more confusing (laughs) Uh, you mean me taking it too literal (laughs) but i i guess i took it more as like you know you're out there you're getting caught up in all this drama and there are these negative forces in life but like but when you're with me on tour like when you're in my space like we get to work and we make music that can make a difference and like you keep focused Oh, that would definitely be a positive way of coming back to it, right? Yeah. So it's like, all right, so when you're with me, you get back to work. It's a Monday like that. I mean, it could also be something like, and when you on tour, bet you check in because it's been getting into like the steppers and stepping and there's danger in this stuff. So when you're going on tour to different cities, like, do you ask me for connections for people that are going to like bodyguard you, that'll have your back, mm. um, as like my guys will make sure you're okay. Man, I I just love what he does here too. If just the inflection of his voice, because while we are calling him Sternier and like he is very uh, dad-like throughout this verse, he's his delivery is mostly like clean and simple. Like he isn't really, there isn't much like anger in his voice until this last part of the verse. And when you on tour, yeah. bet you check in. It's a Monday like that. Like he starts getting very intense. And I think it's maybe just because he's suddenly talking about his own space. Like before this, he's kind of looking at the world, contemplating things, like talking to God. But then, you know, when you text, change the beginning of every word. Like when you speak to me, like, when you're in my space, like we don't bring that energy around here. Like we're here to work. Yeah, with only no cap, me and your big homie go back. 
and homie don't rap you don't know me like that which i don't what's that mean yeah those lines are strange <laughs> i think i i get it. like he's just like talking to like a younger rapper like me and your big homie go back like like if you're gonna come on tour with me if you're gonna be part of my space like i know your big brother or like i know you know your mentor and or i don't know exactly what it's getting at but like basically like it's it's positioning kanye as an older figure as somebody who's who knows things and if you're going to be around me like like you have to act this way you don't know me like that yeah i guess the implications of like your big homie go back and homie don't rap would be like your homie isn't a rapper that i know he's someone like from the streets that i know right oh right yeah and then like you don't know me like that like you don't know the kinds of like connections that i have the kind of like people that i know Mm. yeah um which could be like a good thing right in terms of just saying like this is why you need to respect me um because i do have more connections i am more legitimate like in the streets than what you may think i know a lot of people have been talking about over the course of this rollout that people are like has kanye come out as essentially saying that he's part of like the gangster disciples like is that something that he's essentially like softly telling us by putting GD Anthem during a listening party right. and all the shout outs to Hoover and all these things. But I wonder, like I take it more as he's trying to kind of quell things or showing that he has connections to uh, like people in the streets like that, but is also trying to get them to change direction and find God in ways and, Oh, it's essentially what this song is doing, right? Like, hey, don't focus on that negative stuff. Like, you're going to get to work. Like, we're going to make sure you're focused on music and making money. And let's go, like, do something different with the energy. Yeah. Wow. That's, again, I, I, that's what I love about this song is the contrasting energies between each verse and how you can see this build to Kanye having those thoughts and thinking about these people dealing with loss and how what kind of impact he can have it's wow it just makes us makes me love the song even more yeah which so maybe the the bet you check in is more of a daddy thing too right right like so you need to like constantly be checking in with me when <laughs> like we're on tour and working because like you're not just like going off to mess around it's like nightclubs and partying and yeah. like doing all this stuff like you know, we get to work, which as we know, uh, you sleep in because you've been burning the candle at both ends. Kanye will text you, stop texting, go find God. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't come back until you found God. Like, oh man. Dad. Okay. Yeah. He really does Dad have yeah. that tone of like, be home by 10, like finish your vegetables, you know? Yeah, and like I, it's also like I know your parents, like I know your big brother, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I okay, so how we were starting with the beginning, me talking about how he was a little like angrier and maybe a little more like, uh, aggressive in this verse. I do think I I've stepped back on that because it now feels like it is more in line with just stern dad yay, right, rather than him kind of threatening someone at the end right which was kind of how i was taking it a little bit more was him like yeah. threatening others like no i'll get violent but it's more just like no no 
you're going to be on your best behavior with me. Yeah, that is the... it is weird, right? Because like his tone conveys something completely different than like what the lyrics are saying. And I think a lot of that too is like, especially coming off all the Drake stuff. Like I just thought like so many lines of this song were about Drake or on this album are about Drake and Kanye's getting angry with Drake. But like a lot of this album, it, like most of this album isn't really dealing with that at all. And any angry moments are just in service of something lighter and more spiritual and, and it's even starting here as we're seeing, like he's getting a little bit more, he, he's just being more, not practical, but he's able to have like a, a a better rounded view of the world, think outside of himself, think of the impact he can have. Like you're starting to see those thoughts flooding in. Though you mentioned Drake and it is possible that you could read this section of like, and when you tour, bet you check in like to Drake. I did think of that. And when you go on tour, I bet you check in because my guy's back to work. It's a Monday like that because I have people that will like kind of hound you at every city you go to in America. (laughs) Uh, And when you text me to talk about this, change the beginning of every word. You'll speak to me with only no cap. Uh, Me and your big homie go back which could be Jay Prince. Uh-huh. Um, Mike Dean actually yeah. was like the in-house producer for Rap-A-Lot back in the day. So Kanye at least does have some connection potentially to Jay Prince. And Jay Prince is like well-known. He was the one that essentially um, put on Drake, right? I mean, Wayne gets a lot of the credit as well, but... Prince was influential in Drake's come up and Prince doesn't rap. Right. But I mean, there is a way to view it that it's not like stern dad. Yay. But it's like calling out Drake. Yay. Yeah. Which would, uh, I would have to wonder a little bit about how it fits into the song, but, uh, I guess you could, you could make the case. Yeah. I mean, it could be him saying that, like this is the terms he's setting to try and stop things from getting bloody, right? It's like, you're going to talk to me with respect. Like you're going to check in when right. you go on tour because I know you don't want problems. And like, I know you're big homie. We go back. So this is the reason why this feud that you and I are having, is it going to get bloody or violent? Because, uh, we have things kind of course corrected. Right. Hmm. hmm. I hope Kanye wouldn't do that on a song, on Vori's song about Jonah, but he could have. I mean, we saw what he did with Life of the Party. Like, that was such an emotional song. And Andre 3000's verse is so beautiful right. and so emotional as he's, like, talking to Donda and, like, putting, like, the loss of Donda in context with the loss of his own mom and all this stuff. And Kanye took that, a song that's so beautiful and meaningful, and made it into this, like, right excessive recap of everything with drake yeah so yeah you're right it's possible you're right um it's completely possible so i i mean and the other reason that would be in line is because we still are in a portion of songs from like jonah okay okay junior mm-hmm. um that are a little like night yay as we talked about right yeah so those are all good points. Eh? Eh? I don't know where I where I land on it. 
I don't think I have like a primary reading at this point. I think I'm leaning more towards how you're feeling that it would be nice if it's just like dad yay. <laughs> but, but it wouldn't be completely also, out of step for Connie to do something like that. Yeah, to make it more about like you're going to show like I'm at a point where I don't fight people in the streets, but I do command respect. And I have other people that could fight in the street, like in the street. Right. Hmm. Maybe. You don't know me like that. Who's here when I need a shoulder to lean on? I hope you're here when I need a demons to be gone. And it's not fair that I had to fight them all on my own. Like who's here when I need a shoulder to lean on? I hope you're here when I need a demons to be gone. And it's not fair that I had to fight them all on my own. Anyway, then we get Vori doing uh, who's here when I need a shoulder to lean on over and over again uh until we finish out the song so i think overall like regardless of how you take kanye's portion there is just this sense of pain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and loss and this idea of um how do you deal with the loss that happens in life and where do you go when that's happening? How do you respond? We see that Vori's responding by like continuing on his grind. We see that Dirk's responding by like looking, like dropping his own location so he can maybe have a confrontation uh, with those he wants to get revenge on. And then we see Kanye kind of coming through and like sunning everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last thing of the note, I guess, is in the outro. I guess how genius is noting the outro is just the chorus repeating. But the big change here is that the music cuts out completely and it's just for his voice. And it's, yeah. and it's not even just him because he's so clear and, and light throughout the song, but his voice is suddenly buried in the emptiness. And it's this really cool slash heavy effect <laughs> that, you know, it, it ends properly for the song. Like it's a very emotional ending where, it feels like Vor is sinking into the muck and he can't get out. Mm. Which uh, the muck is something that gets mentioned in the very next song. Ooh. Oh, the mud. But <laughs> when Ruga says, we got the same pain, we come from the mud. Oh, yeah. You know, that is something, I mean, we look at the next song, right? It's okay, okay. And the song starts with Kanye's verse that's about Drake. Mm-hmm. Or at least about a confrontation with somebody uh, as he's starting to call out other people and it's a bit more uh, combative. And maybe the most like directly combative that we've seen Kanye yeah, on wow. the album. And we do get the chorus of saying like, okay, okay, I'm not okay. So it is interesting that you have uh, Vori and Dirk that are so emotional about these like things that they're dealing with Mm. and kanye who's kind of staying above it all and not really saying something that's comparative right Right. he's not emoting in a way that's on the level of what vori and dirk are doing and then here we're getting like okay okay i'm not okay and it's finally this admit it's that 
something is upsetting him and bothering him. Um, which we did point out earlier on God Breathe, where Vori is saying specifically, like, the angels tell me it's okay to not be okay, but I'm okay. And now here we get Kanye. I feel like earlier on he's trying to convince himself he is okay, and he's using Vori to kind of channel that. And then at this point, we're finally getting Kanye the first kind of chip in the armor as he's saying like, okay, you know, I'm not okay. And we're seeing some of this anger kind of spill through. And I think we're getting more emotional verses from Yachty and Ruga too. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Note that Kadi's final words on Jonah are a little sterner and angrier, which flows right into okay. Okay. Where he definitely doesn't sound happy. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it is the maybe it is the Drake reading. Could be. That was a yeah, it was an interesting little cap to what everything we talked about. Yeah, nice uh nice call out there. Mm. Okay. Well, anything else for Jonah? No. Fucking great song, that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Uh definitely one of the it stood out to me the first time listening to the album, just how beautiful that refrain was. And it continues to be one that I'm glad to see more people praising because I feel like when the album first came out, um, a lot of people were saying Jonah was a weaker track, but I feel like people yeah. are coming around on it. Well, I could see that reaction because it's not, there's nothing traditional about it. Like the drums are removed completely. It's all ambient. Um, so like I could I could see people seeing this as like nothing more than an album track, but you know, we talked about, I think the main reason this song will will grow is just how it fits into the album and how it serves as commentary and becomes this, this song that other songs revolve around and you see themes intermixing. It's, I don't know, there's, and, and it's so emotional and heavy. It's, it's a song that I think hits more and more over time. Yes, 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 yes. Well then, okay 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 (laughs) okay okay let's get to that next time uh but until then it would be beneficial to you i and i think the rest of the kind of community if you stayed wavy and please 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 keep it loopy Your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol for the So get your ass up off the wall. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.